Greg, it is Halloween, and I think we have some ghosts to bust. Oh, yeah. I think it's time to brave a controversial reboot. Yes. Yes! I've been waiting to do this movie. We will cross the streams, if you will. Yes! I have so many notes, Scott! And we will gender flip the podcast. I have some... Wait, what? Did you say the podcast? We're still going to be in it, though, right? Scott? Scott! Welcome to I Have Some Notes, the show where we put mediocre movies in a Faraday cage to shield them from their own bad ideas, then blast them with a proton pack of good ideas. My name is Danica LeBlanc. Uh, my name is Erin Beaver. And I'm Anita Bourgeois. I Have Some Notes is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV or ATV Financial, whether you, whichever one you choose. They're both the same company. I, <laughs> I just start by saying, I really think we should be drinking wine right now. This feels... <laughs> This feels almost book clubby tonight. <laughs> and I would welcome a glass. There yes. should have been wine. This yeah. should have been wine. Should have been wine. Yes. Ghostbusters. Let's talk about mm. Ghostbusters. Agreed. <laughs> All right, let's get the numbers out of the way, the numbers and the names, and after that, I don't care about the names. It literally, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good I love it. <laughs> this film. Um, okay, so it was directed by Paul Feig, uh, whose previous credits include Bridesmaids, The Heat, and Spy, uh, written by Paul Feig and Kate uh, Diepold? Diepold? Not sure. Um, starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, Neil Casey, Andy Garcia, for some reason, but he was delightful, we'll talk about him, Cecily Strong, <laughs> who was a treasure, Chris Hemsworth. Um Production budget of $144 million. Total budget, including marketing, because there's always marketing, over $290 million. That's a lot of money. Marketing is expensive. It is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the worldwide box office was $229 million, so it did not make that money back. Which makes me sad, and we will... Yes. I'm sure we'll get to that, too. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was the top-grossing uh, grossing comedy domestically of 2016, um, so, if you haven't seen it, why are you listening? But if you have, you, you definitely want to listen to the trailer again. It's a class four apparition. That's okay, she seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. At- <laughs> That's stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Erin, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. Join the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. <laughs> uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! All right. So the plot summary, according to IMDb... <clears throat> Paranormal researcher Abby Yates and physicist Aaron Gilbert are trying to prove that ghosts exist in modern society. When strange apparitions appear in Manhattan, Gilbert and Yates turn to engineer Jillian Holtzman for help. Also joining the team is Patty Tolan, a lifelong New Yorker who knows the city inside and out. Armed with proton packs and plenty of attitude, the four women prepare for an epic battle as more than 1,000 mischievous ghouls descend on Times Square. All right. This is a terrible plot summary of Ghostbusters. <laughs> I no have, offense, yeah, IMDb. Let's work on that critique of the plot summary right now, because, okay, Ugh. they've got attitude, because they're <laughs> sassy ladies. <laughs> you would never hear that in a, in a plot summary of, like, a f- cast full of men. No. no not ever. Like, no. <sighs> no. And also, they battle more than 1,000 mischievous ghouls, which are ghosts, by the way. And 1,000 why is that so specific? Like, yeah, why does, why? There would have literally been millions. <laughs> Was there some nerd out there counting? 
Yeah, like that they needed a thousand. Like, like that's the magic ticker. Like, if they only fought three ghosts, well, this movie's yeah. a bust. Or like, like nine hundred and fifty-two. It's like not scary. Not scary <laughs> enough. To we be... need a thousand ghosts. <laughs> exactly. Like, did a six-year-old market this? Hundred ghosts, not a thousand. You need a thousand ghosts. <laughs> yeah, you know, a thousand you? is cool. Yeah, and scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the movie. Um, what were our general thoughts? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I like this movie. I actually yeah. like this movie a lot. Yeah. I liked it when we saw it in the theater when it first came out. I liked it the other day when I watched it in preparation for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I liked it the third and fourth times I watched it in preparation for this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not great, right? Like, Criterion isn't going to call this one up. But it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's fun, it's goofy, it has a lot of really good moments in it. I think, I think we're going to tweak it just enough mm-hmm. that it could be great. Yeah, Aaron, what about you? Uh, I actually really liked it too. Even like the, I think I've seen it three times now. Um, and honestly, I don't really like comedies that much for some reason. Like I stare away from them and I'm not sure why. Yeah, no, I just really liked it. I still think it's really funny. And I liked um, Spy a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Feig's one of Paul Feig's other movies. So I like a lot of things that Paul Feig does. Yeah. Not Have, everything. Yeah. Not everything. Caveat on that. Not oh. everything. But a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really creative guy. Oh, yeah. I think he's got some great talent, and he knows, you know, he knows how to, to write comedy for many people and types of comedians yeah yeah. and so you know when it was when I learned it was him directing this and and co-writing this with uh god what is it dipple dipple I have no idea oh (laughs) I don't want to disrespect her because she was not only in the uh the co-writer but she was also in the movie as the realtor which was amazing oh yes she was good I didn't realize that was her (laughs) oh it's Dippold. Oh, she did. Is it Dippold or Dippold? I decide? I don't know. There's two P's, so I'd go with Dippold? I'd go. With, it does look like Dippold to me too. Man, Katie, girl, you just you gotta work your name. I'm just kidding. You're fabulous. <laughs> All right, let's let's. <laughs> we love you. Oh my God. Let's uh, let's talk about the movie before she puts a restraining order on me. Um, so let's talk about what we would like to keep. Like, what is just so good that we can we would not change that moment that scene that character what would you keep oh there's lots of keeps i have lots of keeps Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do i have a lot of keeps i really like how this movie opens Mm -hmm. creepy scary but not horror movie-esque yeah right it's good it's good ambiance i suppose it sets it sets a good tone for the rest of the movie i like that a lot I really like uh, that Kristen Wiig is reluctant off the top and and continues to be very pro-science all the way through. I love that a lot. I, I even like Kevin. We need to tweak Kevin. Kevin needs work, but I like Kevin. Less shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to saxophone. <laughs> Let me... Oh, we'll talk about oh, Kevin. <laughs> oh, we sure will. Um... Leslie Leslie Jones is is a GD treasure. <laughs> I love her so much. I would like just to hear her movie uh, movie dialogue. Like she she when she's watching a movie, she live tweets it on Twitter, and I would actually watch. She should just release some sort of mystery science thing where she just talks <laughs> the Les- all the, the way Leslie through. Jones movie club. I would because absolutely. I would join that. <laughs> I would watch that. She oh. should have a YouTube channel. She should. It'd be good. She's great. <laughs> also, uh, Kate McKinnon is absolutely our MVP. Holtzman <laughs> is great. Yeah, and then basically, like, that scene at the end where she's fighting ghosts, I think it added a number on the Kinsey scale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that scene. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I love it. And I'm so excited when, when we get there. All right, Aaron, what would you keep? I think, like, the interview scene is probably my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Um, oh, when they're going through the logos? Yeah, <laughs> so the terrible. logos. I told Greg that if we get another dog, we need to name him Michael Hat. 
yeah, and just um, that scene went on for way too long, and it was funny the whole time. It was great. Yeah, um, I really I thought the first half of the movie was pretty solid, and I didn't really feel like I would change much about that. Um, and I kind of liked that the villain was basically an incel guy. <laughs> <laughs> He, I yep. think he needs some tweaking, just like plot wise. But I liked him as a villain. I don't. I don't think his character needs tweaking. Yeah. I think his character is is solid. His evil plan needs. A little yeah, tweak. the plan. Yeah. Some of it is unclear. <laughs> it gets pretty messy. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. You, you kind of have to make some assumptions, and you just go, "Well, maybe there was a deleted scene." Uh, maybe. There wasn't. Yeah, there, I know. Yeah, <laughs> for me, um, it it worked. He worked because I liked that his um goals were so empty. Yeah. Because the world just owed him something, and there was no other reason. Yeah. Like, th- I liked that. It's. Uh, I think it's very telling about his character that mm-hmm. he's uh he he was always cynical. Right. The first time you meet him, when Patty is being nice to him in the subway. He's just kind of creepy, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But she's being nice to him. He shows up at that rock show and is surrounded by positive interactions. Yeah. A random dude high fives him and people are like, yeah, rock on. And he's like, ugh, everyone's disgusting. And like, no, dude, everyone is being nice to you. Yeah. Yep. Like, the only people who interact poorly with him are his coworkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And one of them we don't even see. We just hear on the radio. And the other one is Annie Potts, so she's forgiven for everything because it's <laughs> oh. a glorious cameo. Yes. But his his reaction to anything positive happening around him is still cynicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? He is, in that sense, he's almost an unredeemable villain. Yeah. Right? Like, if he had tried to come at it sympathetically, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Right, he we get that whole speech about how he was denied like basic human, you know, decency and care and affection and all that. And she's trying to talk to him. And yeah. if and if he comes at it sympathetically, like we should feel sorry for him, then then you feel sorry for your villain and then he's not much of a villain anymore. Yeah. So like in in that in that movie, a like a one-dimensional villain made sense yes, because absolutely. it's mostly about the team and the comedy and just and mm-hmm. some ghosts. Yeah, he was the catalyst for the ghosts, but for me, I didn't need much from him. Yeah, well, mm. and he kind of, I think he's kind of representative of like the the MRA kind of internet mm-hmm. guys, where they are one-dimensional <laughs> they are human beings that are really one-dimensional they spend all their time on the internet just trashing people um yeah and like yeah exactly it's all it's very shallow it's very mm-hmm. cynical there's yeah. and th- there's nothing else to it and when people are nice they can't see it they don't recognize kindness yeah, yeah. they they assume it's false or it is somehow beneath them mm-hmm. when you watch the whole movie or up to that point, you watch these women, like, going through garbage in their own lives, and then you watch this idiot who, I mean, maybe he has gone through garbage, but they're still sincere, and he's just angry. <laughs> he's, yep. there's, yeah. Okay, I think this is a perfect segue into what would you change? Erin, um, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, sorry, I thought the scene where Kevin gets possessed, where he just, he shows up under the window and he just wants to join the group all of a sudden was kind of strange and jarring to me because up to that point, he didn't even know what the group's name was or what they did, which, yeah, it didn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, his weird speech about how he wants to be a Ghostbuster and he was born to it and all yeah. of that. Like, where did that even come from? That came from nowhere. It, like you said, it kind of seemed like there was a missing scene somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or... Uh, or that Kevin's just kind of underdeveloped character-wise. Yes. Yeah, he was more comic relief than... Yeah, but they used him enough that he, he, he needed to be more than just comic yeah. relief. Yeah, Kevin's something I would change, too. Yeah, The absolutely. part where Rowan turns into an animated ghost was kind of weird to me, too. But I don't know. Where he turns into the logo? Yeah, where he turns into the logo <laughs> yeah. and it's like super big and scary about yeah. it. I mean, the... Yeah. the when he turns into the actual ghost itself, that's fine. But when the animated part was strange to me for some reason. 
Yeah, I think it's because he was condescending to them, basically. Like, oh, you want something cute? Okay. And then... I'll show you cute. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a it's a callback to the original where some, you know, like, oh, you want something cute and small? Like the Stay Puff Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I understand um, why they did it. Obviously, it wasn't the best way, but I think they had to literally and figuratively squash that old symbol yeah. from the old movie. Yeah. See, I liked it. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was a, a really nice touch, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if the animation weirded you out, well, it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I stand corrected. I, I mean, really <laughs> have maybe your opinions. It's fine. Maybe it's more of a callback to the cartoon than the movie. Even I there were a lot of things I felt were callbacks to the cartoon. Yeah, uh, especially the parade balloons oh, that yeah. came through. Mm-hmm. Right, that to me felt very real Ghostbusters cartoon esque. Hmm. And whether it was intentional or not, it felt like a good callback, <laughs> and I liked it. Nice. It was, uh, yeah. Like, like the nod to, like, yes, there are many Ghostbuster things <laughs> out in the world. Erin, uh, do you have anything else? No, I don't think. I think um, this could be controversial, too, but some of the cameos didn't, like, all of the cameos altogether kind of mm-hmm. was drawing to me. It kind of, kind of wrecked the pacing for me. And it's not that I, I think it was awesome that everyone showed up. It's just how they did it didn't work for me somehow. Um, some of them were really great and some of them less so. Um, like Bill Murray's thing kind of went on a little bit too long to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, just the pacing of it. Okay. <laughs> oh. Nita? Uh, this is going to be an episode of uh, Nita Disagrees with Aaron. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's I, okay. I liked the cameos. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't shoehorning people in. It was... It, it felt more like the nod to, yeah, this is this is our source material. This is where we come from. It's a little bit of fan service, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it was all justified within the movie. Like, yeah, there's obviously going to be someone out there who's going to try and debunk ghosts. Those cynics are real. <laughs> but in this universe, ghosts exist. So, yeah. and why not Bill Murray? Right? Makes sense. I feel like he got to choose what kind of character you played. And because, because he's Bill Murray. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. For me, Absolutely. actually, the most awkward cameo was Dan Aykroyd's. He shows up, yeah. he says the line, it's cheesy as heck, and then he's gone. And he yeah. drives away. Yeah. He was an executive producer on this movie, though, so. Yeah. So maybe he chose to just not do a big cameo as well. Yeah. All right. I, I definitely thought, like, out of all the cameos, Danny Potts was the best. I do like that they had her turn around and there was yeah, a reveal. Yeah, and it's her and everyone's like, oh my god, it's Janine! Uh, yeah. yeah. I like that too. And mm-hmm. she wasn't playing, uh, she wasn't playing Janine, right? So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And even Harold Ramis got a brief cameo, sort of. I thought that was sweet. I thought it was very sweet and right off the top. Yeah. Uh, if for anyone doesn't know, uh, right at the beginning, there's a, there's a golden bust outside mm-hmm. of Aaron's office at Columbia and it's a it's a like academic bust of Harold Ramis, <laughs> and it's really it's really quite nice. Um, well, uh, let's see. Uh, keep um, the character of Holtzman. She is a gem, and I love the weirdness. I don't care how weird she gets. I am I accept it, and I treasure her. Yeah, if you're gonna change Holtzman at all, you you dial it up. You don't <laughs> dial her down. You no. dial her up, but not too far up. Like one tick. Yeah. Like if she's at like a seven, you you click her up to an eight. And that's it. You do not crank her to 11. No. You ruin her if you crank her to 11. Oh. Just, just like eight. Just a little bit. Keep the weirdo. Because then her heartfelt speech at the mm. end about friendship hits you just even a little bit harder. And you're like, oh. That you get all warm and fuzzy. And so it's great. Because she like can't emote. <laughs> so she has so much trouble doing that. Right. So when she finally does yeah. to her friends that she loves so much, you're like, yes. It's great. <laughs> Um, let's see. I mean, there's a large chunk that I really, I really enjoy. Um, I love, um, the little moments between, uh, the mayor and his assistant where they were just ad-libbing, like, Cecily's just throwing stuff at him and he's like, all right, I'm supposed to be the the mayor and I'm going to agree <laughs> with you because the mayor character is very dumb. Um, Here's the thing though. Is, mm. is he supposed to be really derpy? Yeah. Because he knows what's going on, Right. They're working with Homeland Security, and he's like, yes, these fine gentlemen over here, and he's he's the one talking about the town that disappeared in Michigan, and he's oh, talking no, about... no, that was Homeland. 
Was that them? That was Homeland. Yeah, that was. He, um, he does the uh, Andy Garcia does talk about events that he knows about that aren't in New York. That's fair. So is he is he supposed to be the derpy mayor or not? Well, he doesn't know how to use chopsticks, so yes. <laughs> okay. Well, and then there's the scene at the end where he's being interviewed, like, oh, the, the hallucinogen that was put in the water. And he's like, yes. Wait, what? <laughs> exactly, because he's not the real power. She is, if anything. And she's a little goofy, too. Uh-huh. Although, I like that she lays it on as thick as she does. Yeah. Like, she's like, these sad, lonely women <laughs> oh my God. who've perpetrated this hoax for attention. Like, mm-hmm. you just want to punch her in the face. And yeah, I, and yeah. I like that about that character. I love. Uh, it's like they read "Eat, Pray, Love" and just ran with it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's really strong. It's so ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> um. So yeah, actually, one one giant thing I would change. Um, the entire scene where Patty shows up. Now, not her first scene. That's great. We get a sense of her, but the scene where she meets the group. It is so awkward and does not. It, it only makes sense because it needs to. You know, like, they basically said, and now Patty shows up. How do we do that? No clue. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. I, I wrote down in my notes, why does Patty want to be a Ghostbuster? Yes. We don't know why. We just know that she does. And we know we need her because we need a fourth. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but she's fulfilling the token black character mm-hmm. role, right? Which is yeah. Yeah. One thing, not great, but we have it. Yeah, like, a uh, huge thing kind of peeved me about Patty's characters that she could have been used more. Like, yes, one, she shows up, she's a Ghostbuster now. Two, when did she quit her job? Like, this happens some point. Ghostbusters doesn't pay. Not until the end of the movie, but what well, we assume. Yeah. I mean, it pays for the firehouse, but we, have, <laughs> yeah. we don't know if it actually comes with a paycheck. <laughs> but, like, the entire Patty stuff is just, like, she's very good character. Leslie Jones is amazing and hilarious, but she's just there. Yeah. And they don't they don't meld her into the group. Like, uh, I believe that... Well, they do, but we don't have her motivation for being there. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Right? It's... Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. It's kind of weird. Because, like, the first meeting is weird, and she's like, hey, did you know this one fact? This came out of nowhere? And I'm like, no, it's really interesting, but no. Yeah. You need a lead-in. That's, that's a tweak I would make to Patty's character. It doesn't provide a motivation, mm-hmm. but a tweak. Yeah. Give her a reason to have all of this knowledge. Give give the Ghostbusters a reason to want her to join the group. Maybe make her a history student. Maybe she used well, to give tours around New York and maybe she's working in the subway because there's no money in having a, a degree in history. That's actually the stuff that came out when the movie was coming out and they people were like, is she the historian? And they never mention it once in the movies. No, and they should. They should. They need to give her a bigger backstory. Yeah. Instead of the, I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Why not? Why can't you give this woman this? I wonder if it's in fact a little bit racist. Why can't the black woman, even though she has a crappy job working the subway, why can't she have a higher education Mm -hmm. and just make it part of the plot that it's unfortunate that she can't use it? Yes. No, because you're right. It is Im- near why impossible. You gotta, why you gotta shit on Patty like that, you guys? <laughs> oh. Even oh, like strength. I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, we, we did. Just did. It's our podcast. <laughs> damn it. Yeah, we can say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I still love you, Danica. <laughs> I think even if they strengthen, like she's a transit worker, so a transit worker would have a really strong knowledge of the city layout and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Even if they kind of. I don't know, just kind of hammered on that a little bit more. Like, maybe she didn't go to school, but if she's a city worker, she would know more about the city than maybe somebody who is a historian or something. She has practical knowledge instead of academic. Um, Yeah, but they don't really do that. Like you say, it's just like, well, I read some books. Yeah, I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Is that... Is the nonfiction relevant to our cause at yes. the moment? That line could have even been better if she said history nonfiction. Historical right? nonfiction. Like anything, but f- like nonfiction as a genre is literally anything. Pretty broad, yeah. I don't, you could be reading yeah. books about frogs. Is exactly. that going to help you in the subway? It's super duper broad. <sighs> like why can they give her something specific and helpful? Yeah, because like it made sense 
for Holtzman to have like a really weird generic science background. Okay, she's there. She's weird. Yeah, she's, she's their wacky engineer, right? Exactly. And like Aaron gets like this whole ghost story, and it's it's that's a great scene. That's definitely something I wouldn't mm-hmm. cut. That um, Aaron and and Abby get a friendship. Patty is here. And there's even, there's even like, a line in the movie, I think more than once, of, like, yay for, like, the scientists and Patty. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't do that. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> you're, you're wasting Leslie Jones, you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. So 100% more motivation for Patty, more back, back uh, story. Yeah. And if we ever get she, a sequel. She deserves it better. Because Patty's actually a really good character. She deserves better. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm just going to throw it to break because I want to go through fill my glass of water. Do it. <laughs> Park Power allows Albertans to shop local for their electricity and natural gas. You can save money, it's easy to switch, and 10% of the profits go to local charities. Learn more at parkpower.ca. checking everybody was here did a head count we're, we're good good uh so yeah, refills we're ready to go yes we have water not wine at all even though we sound like it everything's great <laughs> it is uh, today we're talking about uh ghostbusters from the year 2016 your modern ghostbusting woman wants a portable lightweight proton pack with lots of flashing lights something she's not gonna break her nails on am i right ladies <laughs> Ooh. Oh boy! So let's let's dig right in. Um, we talked about our keeps and and cuts, but let's make it better. Let's just let's just make big sweeping changes if we must. Oh, I have so many ideas for this movie. <laughs> All right, Anita, share with me your vision. <laughs> All right, I've prepared a board. Oh, I'm kidding! It's, it's my vision board for this movie. Oh, I love <laughs> it! I love it. Um. The biggest change I would make is between uh, Abby and Aaron, which is Melissa McCarthy and and Kristen Wiig. Um, There's a lot of times where their characters seem too similar. Like, their personalities are too much the same. Like, they... Like, like they should swap their lines around. Mm. Kind of. This This is what I propose they do instead. Make Aaron, Kristen Wiig the stickler scientist all the time, right? Make her character arc that she is like, yes, hardcore, science, 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 that's all that matters, and have her character arc be to loosen up a little and actually enjoy the work that she's doing now, and then to make Abby uh, the enthusiastic one, right, who doesn't necessarily have all of the smarts of her physicist friend, but she's passionate, super passionate about what she does. Like, she's not stupid, but she's the one with the drive and the passion, and the two of them together make that awesome team, and then you throw in your crazy engineer, who's a little wacky, but who then takes all of the ideas that they give her and builds stuff, and then you add in Patty, who fills in all the other gaps with, like, the extra information, the history, right, the street smarts, and the hearse. Because the hers has to come from somewhere, right? And I appreciate that it came from Patty. Mm-hmm. That's that's my big change because there's so many part scenes and parts in this movie where if they just swapped lines, we'd have stronger individual characters and not this weird mishmash of best friends. Uh, perfect example: the scene in the subway when they first go down, and Abby's the one babbling off about, "Did you see?" What was it? A level a level three vapor with something something, and then uh, Aaron's the one that has to turn to him and say, "Have you seen a ghost?" Yeah. Swap that around, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let let Aaron be the super scientific one, and let Abby be the enthusiastic people person, mm-hmm. right? And then later on, uh, same thing in the scene with Bill Murray, right? When he's you know taunting her to get this ghost released, uh, Aaron should be the one saying, "No, no, 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 no." No, science. Like, doesn't matter what he says. We have we have this here. We're gonna it's all about the science. It's all about the work. And then 
have Abby be the passionate one who gets insulted, who releases the ghost to show him. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that would jive a little better and give them both better character arcs to follow through on. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I could see it being a very, uh, a much sharper film. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I know, I'm realizing you're, you're kind of putting your characters into tropey-esque boxes. Mm-hmm. But doing that gives them way more potential for a better character arc mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Cause and I, I think feel... I'd like it a little better. Okay, yeah. Because I feel like they had hints of that in the very very beginning before they met up again. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron was very about science and about how things looked, and um, you could tell she was very awkward and kind of ill-fitting in her in her life because of academia and um i definitely liked the uh the stereotype of academia being just so stuffy because yeah. it can be um oh yeah the uh, what's his name Tyrion lannister a great, <laughs> i always call him Tyrion I can't lannister remember too. that poor man's name oh her um, boyfriend type uh, like basic bob or whatever no the guy her, no no her, her boss. boss at columbia Oh, I don't know. I don't get Game of Thrones references, so I shouldn't have dived into that. (laughs) (laughs) He's a... um, Oh, shoot. I can't remember his name, but he's kind of the perfect option for... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's really good at the, like, old, angry, hard-ass... Stuffy villain Uh, character. Yeah. I've seen him him in more than just Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. No, he's... And he's, I hate to say he's typecast, but he plays that type so well yeah. that he plays it a lot in a lot of places. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was it was uncomfortable watching him because he is so good at playing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it feels like he was sucking the air out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is what they were going for. Oh, absolutely. Because they absolutely succeeded. It is, it is the highest compliment I can give him <laughs> because every time I have seen him, he's just so dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Aaron... Um, Grand sweeping gestures, any, any, uh, you know, take your Sharpie and go up to your whiteboard. I don't know. Whiteboard, I, vision board? Vision board. Anita, you had like a vision board thing. <laughs> I assume everyone brought their vision boards yes, tonight. all of our cutouts. I've never all made a dreams. vision board in my entire life. <laughs> Me neither. I am not that organized. No. Or creative. I was trying to think of a way to just tighten the villain's... Charles Dance. There he yeah. is. Charles Dance. That's his name. He's lovely. Mm. I mean, he's evil and everything, but I'm sure he's <laughs> he a is, nice fellow. He is lovely of being evil. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were talking about the villain. It just, they, like, I think we had mentioned before that they need to tighten the plot around. It's like the character itself is fine, but his plan is not. And I was trying to think of a way to tighten that up, and I'm not sure how to do it, to be honest. I think there's a number of ways to do it, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I have I have some questions yeah. about about him. Why is he so super powerful after he dies? Uh, it's got to be something to do with the machine. Um, okay. Well, like, in, in <laughs> yeah. the book, in the book he had a plan, um... Yeah, they definitely. I I'm I'm aware that my answer is unsatisfactory because I don't have an answer. Um, but it had to do with the machine. But how? Well, you didn't write yeah. this, so it's not. You don't. Have it's to obviously it. my fault. I wrote this movie. <laughs> I wrote and directed it. I'm secretly Paul Feig. Take off mask. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Oh, I'm so dapper. You were you were too well dressed. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have worn the suit tonight. <laughs> um, you know, like that's the thing. I. They had just enough so that you could assume a lot of things, but it would probably be better if we didn't have to assume everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel I could fill in a lot of gaps on my own, mm-hmm. but I don't think I should have to. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe he was, like, ingesting ectoplasm or something to make himself spiritually stronger so that when he killed himself, he was crazy powerful. Even yeah. that, as ridiculous as it sounds, even that is better than the nothing yeah. that we got. Yeah, because like all we all we got is an ele- uh, death by electrocution, and so because that's the the like was he planning to do that even if they weren't mm-hmm. there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like yes because of the drawings in the creepy book. Um, Permission to go off on a small tangent, please do. 
what I would do with that particular scene, the first time they confront him, mm-hmm. uh, I would make that scene way more tense. Mm-hmm. The stakes are pretty low. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would I would ratchet that up and make it feel, uh, forgive the nerd reference, make it feel like a real mini boss because you know you're not at your final boss yet. It's too soon in the movie. Yeah. But, like, rack up the tension in that scene because they're confronting him and he's going to turn on the machine and bad things are going to happen and you have to stop him <laughs> instead of talk him down, talk him down. Oh, he killed himself. Oh, well, that's over with. Yeah, they just unplug it. Let's or go home, turn everybody. It off or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of anti. Yeah, like rack up the scenes and like maybe she has trouble turning the machine off afterwards, and then we're like, oh my god, it's actually gonna blow anyway. S- something more than what we got. Build build up the tension a little more, so yeah. that when when it does blow up later, the stakes are higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty anticlimactic scene, even though, even with the comedy part, it was supposed to be. But you're right, the the drama should have been higher. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to rewrite the whole thing, but a little more tension. You don't yeah. have to change the plot, just mm-hmm. tweak the scene a little. That's all I needed. Yeah. Just punch it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right, so, uh, do you want to hear some listener comments? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Deep down, no. I really don't. <laughs> we don't, but that's okay. Uh, oh, if it if it pleases the court, I move that we discount any comment made by a cis het white man. Uh, <clears throat> I have some bad news for you. <laughs> um, no, no offense, white guys. This movie was not made for you, so I'm not going to put too much stock into your comments. <laughs> Forgive me. There are some of you that are very lovely. And I, I care about you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if, Don't at me. if this sounds interesting to you and you hope that you will, too, be mocked by us on the show. <laughs> oh, God. They line up to be mocked by us. Yes. You, too, can get in on the note having. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll let you know what movie is coming on. And you can get your notes read on the show. So, uh, in advance, good luck to all of you, men. All right. Let's get to the dudes. Um, safety lights are for dudes. <laughs> I love safety lights are for dudes. <laughs> uh, I definitely thought her cameo was wasted, and like I feel like she was forgotten in the end. But that line—it's worth it for that. Safety line. lights are for dudes. This isn't a really quotable, quotable movie. Like it has a couple of good parts, but yeah, that is that is a, a choice quote that I've taken. <laughs> that was on Safe, t-shirts. Safety lights are for dudes. It's the and, best. And actually, she has uh, one of my favorite uh, gag moments, like bloopers in the blooper reel, where she flubs a line and then she goes, "Sorry, this is my first movie." <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> uh, you are a treasure. Please never stop working. Mm-hmm. I love you so much, Kate. All right. So uh, I'm going to read full names because you should know what you've done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Accountability, folks. <laughs> There's no anonymouses on this internet. Um, Andrew Craig. They should have left the deleted scenes in the movie, particularly the dance sequence. I couldn't agree more. I love random dancing. I don't care if it makes no sense. <laughs> I want dancing. Oh, for, okay. So further to the episode of Nita disagrees with everybody. Do it, cause like you, I, I'm gonna disagree. I love dancing. I love the dance sequence. Mm. I love it. I love it very much. It does not belong in the movie. It is the best ending credits I could have possibly imagined, and that's where I would like it to stay. Um, cause, cause it just doesn't fit the villain. Why would he dance? I agree with you, it doesn't fit Rowan whatsoever, but I am blinded by the dance. <laughs> oh no, I want the dance. I love the dance. Oh. I love it so much. Yes. But it, it, to me, it far better suits the credits because it finishes the movie with that happy, goofy feeling. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't love Chris Hemsworth dancing around? <laughs> Yeah, showing things. <laughs> well, uh, Dave Ma disagrees with you and says put the dance sequence back, sequence back in rather. Oh. So, uh, Dave and Andrew, what's up? 
Uh, you're probably good people, hopefully. You like they dancing. Just, they just really like the dancing. Yeah. Everybody the, likes Chris Hemsworth dancing. Mm, White t-shirt and jeans. Come mm, on. kind of dances in every movie now. We just watched Bad Times at the El Royale, and he dances in that, too. Really? Yeah. Oh. Now I have to go see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just sold, it, sold that <laughs> movie to me. <laughs> also doesn't wear a shirt some of the time, so there you go. Sold. <laughs> you want Nita to go watch a movie? You tell her that there are, like, semi-naked men dancing in it. <laughs> God, we're so easy to sell to. It's like we're a demographic or something. Look, Magic Mike XXL is highly underrated, and I love that movie with a passion. And if you haven't watched Hail Caesar with the uh, No Dames dance number, yes, I love me some Chantates. Is what I'm saying. Oh my God, the No Dames dance number is glorious. That was the only good scene in that movie. Oh, I disagree. I love that movie. All right, future episode. Agreed. Okay. (laughs) You're on. Actually, two future episodes, because I still haven't seen Magic Mike, either of them. Uh, Corey Beckson says, less Kristen Wiig. What? More Kate McKinnon. Sure. And Leslie Jones. Yes. Those are my comments. I do editorial. <laughs> <laughs> there was an acceptable amount of Melissa McCarthy. That is very specific wordage. <laughs> right? Corey. Like, acceptable an acceptable amount. amount. I'm kind what does of, that even mean? I'm kind of judging him. I'm judging him a little bit. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was a perfect amount mm. of Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was too much Kristen Wiig, because mm-hmm. I think nope. she's a fantastic actress. And she's the one who starts the story, so it had to start with her. Yeah. She's kind of our protagonist. Yeah. Like, our main protagonist. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I like Kristen Wiig. <laughs> so there. All right. Ah, uh, Mr. Jeff Samsonow, a uh, friend of the show and friend of me. <laughs> <laughs> Samsonow. How does he know? It's so many things. Love you, Jeff. Uh, I really liked the bad guy's storyline, but it didn't mesh as well as maybe it could have with the creation of the team story. Also, if I'm remembering correctly, Kristen Wiig's character had a childhood ghost, question mark. Would have been fun to have some kind of callback or payoff to that. I agree and disagree. I felt that the story stood alone. It gave her a history, but we didn't need to go back to it. We do not need to. We do not need to meet the creepy old lady. Because why? The only yeah, thing I want to know. She doesn't have to prove her story. We believe her. Exactly. It doesn't need to be a whole extra scene. You don't need to spend the money on the special effects. No. Her having the story is a beautiful character moment. Mm-hmm. We now understand why she's there. It it helps explains. It helps explain her friendship with Abby. And then uh, you'll know Abby picks up the story from there and talks about how they met and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful little piece, and I don't think they need to change it at all. No. My only follow-up question is, why did she leave after a year? Like, I, yeah, I just, what happened? It seemed like, yeah. yeah, like I want to know the ghost motivations, but like that would just derail the movie completely. <laughs> like, why was she watching her for a year? I mean, if... Okay, yeah, I know she was like she was like eight, but like that woman obviously needed help. She had unfinished business. That's yeah. what you do when a ghost is like staring you down. You go, can I help you? Can I send a letter <laughs> to your grandson? Like, do you need? Is there something buried in your backyard? What? Like, let me help you. Yeah. But no, no, she didn't help the ghost. So I think the old lady just eventually left. She's like, this kid is useless. <laughs> she gave like up a whole year. I know. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <Carry> <laughs> okay, so Nathan Martin said, uh, but the biggest flaw in quotes, okay, like you can have actual flaws, Nathan, it's all right, we accept your words, uh, is the villain. People complain about the mustache twirling villains, and that's all this guy is. Your heroes are only as good as your villains, and this guy was bad because he wanted to be bad. Have you met men, Nathan? <laughs> Some of them are really just... <laughs> I'm not going to be nice to men right now. Seeing as most of most of the men on the internet were the problem it's when true. this movie was announced. So true. Yeah, so no. Villain, good, reflected, idiots. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. No, villain, good. Plan needed work. Villain, yes. good. Yeah, and I... I villain, no, villain, good, bad... Lorraine, good being bad. Good bad man. He's, he's a very good bad man. <laughs> um, we have words. We make all the words. We make the words so good uh, that 
Josh from the PS2J show, what up, uh, who is a Hi, fellow APN member. Hey, team. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to like it more, but the movie suffers from the need to reference the originals. Those took me out of it. <laughs> this movie is for all of the people that missed the first Ghostbusters. That, yes, there are references, but there's also new stuff. And, like, this isn't a flat-out scene-for-scene no. remake. And that's okay. Yeah. If, if you ask me, that's better. Because if you're going to go back to the original and do it scene-for-scene, scene, what's the point? No, I like it. Mm. it. It had enough twist to make it new and interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was fun and goofy. And it felt good to watch ladies kick an ass for a little while. Yeah. And I got to be a Ghostbuster that Halloween, and I felt awesome. Hells yes. <laughs> Can we take a moment to talk about the amazing uh, Holtzman Ghostbusting scene that we all love passionately so much? Mm, okay. I feel like this is the good time. That's another change I would make, actually. I would make mm. more badass Ghostbusting at the end there. Yeah. Because hers was the best. She pulls out these little six-shooter ghost-busting guns, starts kicking ass left and right, throwing stuff around Mm -hmm. her. Meanwhile, the Ghostbusters uh, theme has been remixed into a fucking power anthem underneath her. Oh, you need new pants. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Well, I want all of that. They all deserve to seem that good. Yes. They all deserved, like, a lot of powerful ass-kicking montage happening. Oh, yeah. And, oh, like, like so uh, Patty got thrown into a van, which was, like, not great for her, but, like, it looked cool. Yeah. And it was just, like, wah, wah. Right. And then you just wanted her to stand uh, up and be like, oh, hells no, and just, like, yeah. deliver the punches. There were so many good little moments in the fight scene. Like, yes, Holtzman did get the showpiece, but they started to fight as a group, and it was so cool. Right? And then, this goes back to the uh, Kristen Wiig character arc that I want. Mm-hmm. This is when she loosens up and gets into it, yeah. right? And she's like, yeah! <laughs> and then she can finally use the word Ghostbusters. Yes. Right? Because she's the one who's always insisting that they're the paranormal something-something. I forget. The m- Society of the Metaphysical? Something, something like, like that, that. yes. Sure. Okay. Um, anyway, this rando named Brandon Schatz, I don't know who he is, um, says... <laughs> Probably I'd... a nobody. Oh, God. <laughs> He's, oh, yeah. Only the most handsome nobody. Um, <laughs> dang, oh, I can't shit talk people. I'm so bad. Uh, I think the problems with this movie are the same as the original, only the original is worse at plot and character development and have even less reasons for the hows and whys than this one does. Which is amazing, because that is the opposite of everything I heard <laughs> from, like, the internet, where the original was perfection, and everything was fine, and there was nothing even remotely rapey about it. <laughs> Next one Nope, is... why would there be? Everything's great. <laughs> yep. 1980s. Yeah. All right. Uh, cinematological. Okay, so this is um, A, B, C, D, and E, and 6... Um, so so I love this man Uh, A is how dare you and you know what I dare (laughs) B too little editorial control about over improviser riffing oh Scott and I had a huge discussion about this yeah Mm -hmm. about using uh, improv versus scripted Mm -hmm. scripted scenes yeah if if you're going to do improvised scenes, you need a couple things. You need really good uh, chemistry among your actors. Mm-hmm. You need to give them time to develop uh, good chemistry and good jokes and good scenes. So you might have to let them go for a while. And then you need a good editor behind that to pick out the gold and throw away the crap. True. Um C is too much fealty to original without committing to being a sequel. It's not a sequel, so they don't have to commit to being a sequel. Nope, that's true. It's a reboot. Uh, The D is uh, extended edition makes villain motivation clear, which I will slightly disagree with because the villain's motivation has never been clear and probably will never be clear unless he gets a full rewrite. (laughs) Uh, Come on. It's clear, it's just weak. Okay, okay. He's, uh, he's petty, he's angry, he hates the world, he wants it destroyed. It's clear, it's weak. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Maybe I'm just really bored of, you know, and men all hating honesty, the world. If, the, if there's an extended edition that clears that up and adds a little more to him, I'd be willing to see it. I haven't. 
I'd it's be willing a to. little bit better, is I it? will say, because I have the DVD, and so I have the theatrical and extended. It is a little bit better. It's not great. All right. uh, like, like for that specific thing, because, mm-hmm. uh, oh, just heads up, in the extended, uh, they keep the dance sequence in, which is <gasps> Do they really? Okay, I, but, would, I would absolutely be willing to watch it. Yeah. I can't and, promise I'll agree with it, but I would absolutely watch it. Okay, all right. Uh, e, Thor is very good. He is. Thank you. Uh, and six, McCarthy and Wig should have reversed roles, which is kind of the, what you said. I don't think they of. should reverse roles. No. But I think that there are a lot, like I said before, I think there were yeah. a lot of scenes where they just need to swap lines. I think there needed to be more boundaries for character design. Mm-hmm. Like a little more separation between yeah. the two, right? Absolutely. Um, okay, seriously, can I, Dorju Sprungfeld? <laughs> it's a great name. I love that name. <laughs> You're it's a, like, fabulous. It's a, it's a good name. Yeah. Keep that name. Honestly, this movie was fine. A solid, forgettable 6.5 or 7 out of 10. Pick one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't good enough to deserve the amount of pre-release hype it generated, and it wasn't nearly bad enough to deserve the scorn heaped on it by the internet hate tank machine, i.e. the internet. <laughs> All right. Both of those things are reasonably true. Um, people were excited about it, so pre-release hype. Yes, love hype. It's great. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie, so I I came in after the hype, and I was like, yeah, hype well-deserved. But yes, the internet sucks. And yes. there are people on the internet, and they suck. Yeah, <laughs> the, internet is, the internet is full of suck sometimes. Yep. All right, um, moving on to Mark Jowett. I would give the movie itself maybe two stars out of five, and the general public reaction, zero stars out of five. (laughs) All right, I agree with you on the general public, because the general public are monsters. (laughs) Just walk outside. Monsters everywhere. Shame, shame. That's what I do on the internet, and that's what I do in real life. Just walking down the street. It's not awkward at all. (laughs) Screaming shame at random people. Yes, they know what they did. Oh, God. All right, this one is a long one. Uh, This is from Tyler Borbeau. It's annoying that I have to preface this with mentioning that my distaste for this movie has nothing to do with the cast being women. In fact, I'm quite fond of all four of the actresses. The movie hit many of the same beats as the original script did, but, but did them worse. I almost missed a word, and Tyler, that wouldn't have made sense, but that was on me. Form of the ghost symbol instead of Stay Puff. Intro was basically the same. Mm. Was it? Was it really? I don't think it was. No, I disagree. We disagree. Also, if they'd have done Stay Puffed again, mm. that would have been worse. Yes. It would have been so much worse. It would have been like, ugh, they're doing it again. It's basically the same. Why even bother? It's the same thing with the logo. They had to move past that, uh, that thing in the original to grow into their own thing. Yeah. It's not hard. Agreed. They paid homage to Stay Puffed. He was yeah. one of the parade balloons. They get squashed underneath him. It's very funny. They explode him. But this plot isn't about Zool, so why is Stay Puffed there at all? Right? He's there as fan service. Yeah. Yay! A recognizable figure. We got it. Carry on. It's not it's not the same. It's not. No, it's not. Um there were some, this is still Tyler, uh, there were some jokes that were genuinely funny, but the timing was way off. They were never allowed to breathe. Too much talking and ranting. Mm, I disagree. I disagree. With all of it or some of it? All of it. Because I agree with some of it. There mm. were some jokes that I recognized as jokes mm-hmm. that didn't land. And that's fair. That's every comedy, though. No, it's true. But that's what I mean, uh, my point earlier about mm-hmm. if you're going to let people improvise, mm-hmm. you have to have good chemistry and you have to let them find the good jokes. It felt like they cut it off too soon. Oh. And if it was a scripted scene, it maybe needed another draft because your joke didn't land quite right. Mm. If this whole thing was absolutely scripted and there was no improv at all, I would say throw it through another level or two of punch up and then probably get some really golden bits out of it. If the whole, if the, for any scenes that were improvised, let them play with it a little longer. Let them find that good energy and that good joke. And there were some scenes where they clearly didn't. Mm. All right. That's fair. That's fair. There were a whole handful of scenes that could have ended on a really good one-liner and they didn't. They just kind of ended on a comment. Yeah. No. All right. Oh my. Oh, Tyler. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh, Tyler. 
The neon ghosts were awful, and the product placements were just plain shameful, even by today's standards. There are many things that felt like they were trying to insult the Ghostbuster core fan base. Okay, honey. All oh, right. oh. All right, I'm going to unpack oh, this. sweet, sweet Tyler. Oh, sweet boy. Um, so first off, no, they were LED lighting and CGI, and it was amazing. I thought the CGI was really good. It I was loved so the ghost effects. good. I watched the featurette on it. It was amazing. Yeah? Yeah, they literally put, like, LED lights on the actors, and then, so they had something to start from, and so the actors could react to something on on scene like the like um with um what was it lucy allridge or what i forgot her first name whatever but they had her dress like um kind of with like see-through uh, material and it was all lit up from underneath and then when she was like floating floating up and out from the basement oh she's our opening ghost yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay they had her on like this metal plate so she literally floated to get the actress actually just like flo- it was just oh, this great so cool. mix of like practical effects and cgi and it was so cool and i know i'm not like high techy, but yeah it looked amazing oh yeah i wouldn't change the effects in this movie at all no. i like them and yeah they might not age well but lots of stuff doesn't age well they look good yeah i like yeah. i like the neon glow around them it looks it looks modern yeah right and i i like it a lot i appreciated the effects yeah definitely yeah. sorry aaron did you have something to say uh no i yeah, I like the effects fine, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't bother me. Um, I liked the bright colors, actually, in the movie. I thought were fun. So. Yeah. I want to know what was so insulting. How, oh. how is this movie insulting its core fan base? <laughs> Pray tell. Yeah, well, I mean, since uh, I have a uterus and I'm not one of them, I don't know how to answer that. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too salty? <laughs> You are super salty about that. You really are. Yeah, well, guess who was complaining before the movie came out? Guess who was complaining while it was pr- like being produced? Guess who was complaining? Men. Yeah. It was men. Oh, you made something and it's not for me. <laughs> oh. And you know what, Speaking Tyler? Speaking as someone not- who was likely targeted for this movie, I really liked it. It's not yes. perfect. We've been, we've been ragging on it all night. But I liked it. Yes, and it's so refreshing to see a movie like that that's actually targeted at women our age. Right? It felt good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I felt tough and strong when I left, and I got to be a Ghostbuster, and that's cool. I never got to do that. Like, there's these these movies coming out where in my 30s I get to feel, like, strong as, like, teenage, you know, 12-year-old boys got to be. Because, like, you know, like young boys got to be Ghostbusters and got to be in Star Wars and got to be, like, all these things. Yeah, I know, things. they got to be Jedis and they got yeah. to be police officers and they got to be yeah, and like astronauts, I, and you name it. And, like, women get to be, like, sexy police officers and, like, bunny rabbits. It's we can be pointless. Barbie. I want to be a Ghostbuster. Hell I want to yes. bust some ghosts. Right? I want to be a ninja warrior. Yeah, like, I, I want to be a scientist and invent things, but also punch ghosts. That's so cool. <laughs> We've never gotten that opportunity before, and that's so important to me. Right? And when this came out, it felt so good. It felt so good. Yes. To be like, yes, look, strong, powerful women discussing things that aren't men. Yeah. And (laughs) like, like, like yeah, it's fake science, but they're doing it. They're portrayed as intelligent and badass. Well, that's the thing. Like, we also had hidden figures, like, either the next year or the year after. So, like, we had real science as well. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this movie is not about real science. No. Let's not pretend that it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, like, when someone says core fan base, that just reminds me that I'm not part of that. And mm-hmm. I might have never had gotten that opportunity to be part of a core fan base. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. The core fan base is expanding. And get used to it. Yeah. Like, just... My brain is exploding. (laughs) Anyway, so before I go into another hour of just ranting at men, which you can find on any other one of my podcasts, um, I'm going to just close the show with very uh, peaceful mood, and I'm not going to go on the internet and yell at people tonight. Probably am. I'm going to do it. Um, So You, you go, girl. <laughs> so let's do let's do some plugs. Where can people find you on the internet, Erin? Uh, I'm at Twitter, 
the which is kind of a hellscape right now. Um, so I apologize, but Twitter's an interesting place. <laughs> I'm at Aaron underscore Beaver. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about books instead of movies, my husband and I have another podcast called the Ready. <laughs> we have another podcast called the Read Along. Uh, it's a book club that we do chapter by chapter. So uh, kind of like a book club for lazy people. <laughs> And I'm Danica. Um, you can hear me use curse words on my Twitter at uh, Danica here, D-A-N-I-C-A-H-E-R-E. I'm also not nice. I post a lot of cat pictures and I yell at dudes and I talk about comics. Um, but if you want my professional side where I don't swear, uh, I have a comic book store called Variant Edition. And all of our social media is Variant Edmonton. And... Um, I guess, since we're on, I have some notes, I should talk about that show, too. I mean, whatever. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I Have Some Notes. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. Our show and others from the network are being broadcast on uh, G Radio. Find it at gradio.ca. You can also find our episodes on the CKUA radio app. Download it from the Apple App Store. We post new episodes every second week, so tune in two weeks from now for side notes. In that episode, we ask the question, can movies ruin your childhood? The answer may surprise you, unless you think the answer is no, then it won't. <laughs> Bye now. Keep watching the skies. Keep watching the skies.